Amen. Everybody was expecting a test. Isn't that so good? We've been talking about the elders. We started in the um, Old Testament dealing with the elders, and we went forward in the New Testament talking about the elders. And I don't know about you, but each time we go into the Word of God, the Lord will um, enlighten you through the Holy Spirit and show you some things that sometimes we overlook. And sometimes we don't recognize we overlook it until we have to go back and study up on it. So I thank God for the teachings on the um, elders, the pastors, the shepherds, the bishops, and knowing how they are used interchangeably, um, what we have been studying. So let's wrap this up with the elders, and I'm going to move a little bit further um, dealing with each church and how they were put in the church. Um, We talked about the elders in the Old Testament. Um, going back again to Numbers, the 11th chapter, Numbers, the 27th chapter is dealing with how, um, Moses needed help. Um, he was asking the Lord, um, to help him because he had a burden, um, dealing with what was going on. So God put his spirit upon, um, some elders, upon some people and they were there to, um, help Moses. They, he needed some help in leading the people. Um, we talked about um, Exodus 3, where God said, call the elders. Um, in Exodus 3, 16 through 18, we also talked about Exodus 18, when Jephro, the priest of uh, Midia, he told Moses what he needed to do to take some of that burden off of him. And Moses followed his lead, and he appointed um, some people to help him with situations that was going on, some counseling. So we did that with the old, and then when we went to the new, we were saying how elders um, were still in the New Testament because they were still up under that, up under the law, up under the um, old covenant. But we know Jesus, he had come in and he was bringing grace. But we see how they had the traditions of the elders, how elders um, put traditions in place and they were following those traditions of the elders. So they were mentioned there. They were mentioned in Matthew 15, 2, Matthew 21, 23 and Acts 4 and 5, and Acts 6, 12. So we talked about all that dealing with the elders, and then in John 8, 9. We determined, too, when we look at an elder, too, it's a person that's mature, a person that has wisdom. God is not going to allow somebody to be put in position as a novice, meaning that they have just uh, come into the body of Christ, they haven't been taught, they haven't been discipled, but they can quote scripture. So people would say, oh, they need to um, be preaching, they need to be teaching, they need to be doing this or that. It's not up to the people, it's up to God, and God is going to let the one know that need to know that these people need to be put in that position. So we talked about that. So we talked about pastor. Jesus being um, the shepherd um, in Psalms 23, when we look at the shepherd of the Lord is my shepherd, he feeds, he guides, he shields, I shall not lack. So we know a pastor, when you see shepherd, that's um, talking about a pastor. But in Jeremiah 3.15, it says, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So we see the word pastor is used there. Pastors also used in Ephesians chapter 4. So when you look at a pastor, it's one that shepherds, it's one that feeds the sheep, it's one that um, has a heart 
um, that comes from God. God is not going to put anybody in place as a pastor that does not have his heart, that does not care for the people. And you will know the pastors that care for their sheep because they're just not going to, you know, leave their sheep any kind of way. They're going to make sure that their sheep does not, they do not wonder um, in places that they should not be wandering in. So we see that that's a pastor. We talked about that. We talked about Jesus being the great shepherd and who Hebrews 13, 20, a chief shepherd, first Peter five, four. So it was different terms and a shepherd and bishop of our soul, first Peter two twenty five. So those are the different terms that the word of God um, talks about when it deals with a pastor, um, great shepherd, bishop of our souls, and all of that. So I'm saying all this again so we can understand that that word is used interchangeably. We talked about an elder. Elders are those presiding over the assembly. It could be an elder can be a bishop. A bishop can be an elder. A pastor can be an elder. A pastor can be a shepherd. All of this is interchangeably. So when you see it in the word of God, you do not want to say, okay, well, we got a pastor, we got an elder, and we got a bishop. That word is the same thing. They just have different um, Greek uh, words for them, but they have the same meaning. So when you look at, look at them in Greek, you see that they are referring to the same name. It's used interchangeably. People that just read the Bible and do not um, go and look into the Greek to see what's actually being said, they would put titles above one another. This is why you see bishop, when they look at a bishop, under bishop it says overseer, but a pastor is one that oversees as well. A elder is one that oversees as well, but they are put bishop there to make it look like a big title to say, okay, this is the bishop, the bishop have pastors under them, and then you have the elders in the, con- in the congregation. So they put it that way so people will recognize, you have to come through me. But when you have a pastor in a church, there's a pastor, and then that pastor, if it's, the congregation is real big, you might have some elders in the church to help that pastor out. It's according to how big the congregation is. So we're going to go through that tonight. So... I'm not here to debate on how different churches are doing things the way that they're doing it because, frankly, I'm just going on the way I see it in the Word of God. So if that's what they have chose, that's what they have chose. But that's not what the Word of God is telling us that we need to do. So if you have not researched, if you have not studied it out, you will take bishop and say, okay, we're going to have a bishop in this church. They're going to oversee all of these churches. But the word is used interchangeably. So I pray that everybody understand it. Don't get in a debate over it. Because if people's been that way for a long time, they have art, art, is it archbishops, presiding bishops, all of these words because they want them to stand out above everybody else to let them know they're in charge and we are up under them. So we have to go to them. But that's not the way God had orchestrated it. That's not the way God intended for it to be. That's the way man have set it up. And that's the way people have perceived it over these years. And that's all I heard before I really got into the word of God. You know, I always heard bishop and how people talked about the bishops, how they talked about the convocation. And I didn't know what it was, but I knew it bothered me. And I'm saying, Lord, what is this convocation? What is all of this stuff 
So it's where those churches that are up under that district, they come together and they meet. And then you have these, what is it, the bishops of those districts and you, you, I don't know, I have never been to one, so I don't know what they do when you go to one. Only thing I know, they meet in a certain location, and I know when something is going on with a certain church, they have to get up with the mother church. I'm calling it the mother church. And that church would have to determine what needs to be done with that church at that time. That's not how it should be. But this is the way they feel like it should be. So that's their way of doing. But it's not God's way of doing. So we're not going to look down on no one. We're not going to debate anything. If that's the way they see it, that's the way they see it. But I'm showing you what the word says. And the word is the final authority. But people has been in it so long. They will fight you over saying, that's a pastor. That's my bishop. You don't call him pastor. You call him bishop. He's archbishop. Okay, we're not going to do that tonight. So let me go here so we can understand how the churches are. I want to talk about the church of Jerusalem. When we go back and we look at, um, I want to go here because I was reading this. In Acts chapter 8, and this was after um, Stephen, he got stoned to death. And this is what had happened in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So because of this great persecution that took place, everybody began to scatter. And as they began to scatter abroad, they began to preach um, the message of Christ, the kingdom, and these other territories. But the ones that stayed at Jerusalem was the apostles. The reason why I'm telling you this because I'm going somewhere. So the ones that stayed in Jerusalem, in spite of the persecution of what was going on, dealing with the church, was the apostles. Now, let's look at the church at Jerusalem. I'm talking about the church at Jerusalem. Is this is in Acts 11, 27 through 30. And I want to show you what um, was in this church at Jerusalem. It says, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. So it was prophets. They were in Jerusalem. Verse 28. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the spirit that there should be a great um, draught throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren, brethren which dwell in Judea, which also they did, and, it sent it, and they sent it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So we see that there were prophets in Jerusalem at that time. So there was people with the church, but they had a church that was set up in Jerusalem. And in that church, there were prophets. When you look at Acts 15, 6, it says that, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch. So it tells you who they chose to send. The reason why I'm lining this up, because I want to let you know that every church operates differently, but it's under the same foundation. And what I'm trying to show you is in Jerusalem, there were prophets, there were apostles, and there were elders. 
at that Jerusalem church. So they had apostles there, they had elders, and they had prophets there. So within that church, you're going to see these three apostles, um, elders, and prophets. So they had three of them in there. So um, in Acts 15:22, it said the apostles, the elders, and the whole church decided to send some of their men with Paul and Barnabas to Antioch. What was going on? That was there was a dispute dealing with the Jews, whether or not they should be circumcised or not. So what they did, they um, were talking um, to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem at that church. So they was bringing it to them for them to give them the answer to take to Antioch. So they come right back to Jerusalem. Remember I said in um, chapter 8 of Acts, where everybody was scattered aboard, but the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. So what they did, those apostles that were in Jerusalem, remember now, they were the um, foundation. They were the one that laid the foundation. They know um, all the teachings of Jesus Christ. They know how to answer. So they had some that they went to for these answers. So in Acts 15, this is what was happening. Paul and Barnabas said, let's go and talk to them about what's going on. So they came to the apostles, and guess what? It was not only the apostles at Jerusalem. It was some elders too. So the apostles and the elders, they were the ones that came together to make the decision on what to tell this church. And that's how it should be. God does things in decency and in order. You see, they didn't say they went to the deacons, did they? Who did they say they went to? The apostles and they went to the elders. So we have to understand how God does things in, in the church, in the churches. If we don't understand how he do things, this is why you have division in the churches. You have the congregation trying to tell people something. Half of them don't even show up on Sunday, more or less on Tuesday. Half of them not being taught, but they always have an opinion. I have noticed with Christians, everybody have their own opinion except what the word of God has to say. If you don't know what the word of God is saying, dealing with something, you don't need to say anything. This is why you need to be taught. Everybody need to be taught the same thing. You need to be up under that same foundation that was laid. Any other foundation that's laid except the one that Jesus Christ laid is not a good foundation. And if you don't know what that foundation is, you shouldn't be trying to vote in or out nobody. When you don't know how the church should be set up, you don't have a right to say, get rid of them. That's not your right. Because whomever God put in position is whom God chose for that position. The problem with the churches is we don't like the ones that God choose because the ones that God choose is not going to let people go outside of that foundation. They're going to go by what God says need to be done and how it need to be done. And you have people that are so much in the flesh, they want to get rid of truth. And they want to stay up on the error. Why? Because they want to do what they want to do in the house of God. And that's not how it should be. A divided house will not stand. So we see in Antioch, I mean in Jerusalem, we see the people that were there. Let's go to Acts 21, 17 through 18. We're talking about there were apostles, there were elders, and there were prophets at that church in Jerusalem. In Acts 21, 17 through 18. It says, in Jerusalem, the believers, brothers and sisters, were glad to see us, welcomed us warmly. 
The next day, Paul went with us to visit James and all the elders were there. So when you see James here, this is in um, Jerusalem, that church in Jerusalem. It said that Paul went to see James and all the elders that were there. When you go back to Acts 15 and Peter began to stand up. Remember Peter, he was the one that denied Christ. He was the one that um, told him he would die you know, for him. And we know that he raised Peter up. He gave him the keys to the kingdom. So everybody looked at um, Peter as the one that lead. So when Peter began to address them concerning this issue in Acts 15, guess what? After Peter said what he had to say, James stepped in. James in here was Jesus' brother in Acts 15. James began to speak and he began to tell them, this is what I want you to go in there with. This is what we should do. So it was James and those elders. James was like a leader. He was like an elder. So he was speaking, letting them know this is what need to be done. When you research him, it says that he was a pillar in the church. Y'all know what a pillar is. It's like a column. And so if, if that pillar get knocked down, what's going to happen? That church is going to fall. So they would go to James and they would ask James different things because they knew where James was. So you got to have someone that God has chosen to be the one that's in charge. Then when he has chosen some to be in charge, it's going to be some up under that person based on what the need of that church is. When you got a church with a hundred people and you got about 20 elders, it don't make no sense. See, God know who need to be in that church. He know what um, need to be a part of that church. Like in Jerusalem, you had prophet, you had apostle, you had elders. Why? That Jerusalem church is where it all started with, with those apostles, the apostles of the Lamb. So people were going back there talking to them because guess what? It's where it started at, right? So we look at James. He was the brother of Jesus. And when we look at him, it said James and all the elders were there. So this is why you need to do your research and find out, okay, what are you saying, God? What are you trying to show me? He's trying to show us that in every church, it's maybe set up differently based on the need of that church. Every church might not need a certain um, prophet or uh, um, three or four pastors or all of this going on. God know what that church need and when that church needed. This is why people have to be raised up. So when that need come, as the church begin to grow, you have people that God would say, put this person in place. Because I remember when Miracle Temple started out, we didn't have all of uh, these, you know, everybody doing different things. I know Pam remember, I wouldn't let people tote my stuff. I wouldn't let people do too much because I felt like I can do it myself. We didn't have many people in there to um, to do what needed to be done because we didn't have a big congregation. Jennifer, she would sing, she would do the accounting, she would do the recording. We didn't have a lot of people, but as we grew, God will let me know, this is who I want you to put in place. This is how I want you to put it in place. And I know Missy remember, because I would say, Missy, I need for you to type this up. I need for you to do this. And God was steady adding to what we had. But I had to get before him and say, God, how do you want to do this? And God, how do you want to do that? And when you don't understand, it ain't going to make sense to you because you're looking at it in the natural. And I'm going to go here. Even dealing with Clem, 
You come in Clem to be taught so you can go out and make disciples of men, right? So you come in here to be taught. So when you're coming in here to be taught, if you don't come in here to be taught, do you think God's going to choose you to be an elder or be a pastor or be um, part of what the church is doing or to be on Judah or to stand at the door? Why? Because you're not um, on one accord with what the church is doing. How can somebody come in the church and be a part of Miracle Temple and don't know what I'm teaching? I would not want to follow anyone if I don't know what they're teaching. If I don't know their doctrine, if I don't know that foundation that was already laid and, and how they're bringing um, the word of God, uh-uh, I, won't, I don't want to be a part of that. So this is why you need to be in Clem. You need to come on Sunday so all of us can be on one accord. This is why I set up, if you cannot be here on Clem, then you need to listen to what I'm saying on Tuesday nights. You need to go to live and say, okay, I don't want to miss something. I want to be on one accord. It's a lot of people want to do a lot of things but don't want to come to Bible study. That don't make sense to me. This is why so many churches are divided because you got some people there you know, getting the truth, and then you got other people feeling like they don't need the truth, they already know, and then they come in here and cause division because they're wondering why I'm not doing anything. So we want to be faithful when it comes to the things of God, amen? So God has a way of setting things up, and it's not putting you up under no law. It's letting you know who your pastor is. Um, what I do too as well, if people come to me from other churches and they want counsel or whatever, I tell them, no, you need to go check with your pastor. If your pastor sent a letter here and give you permission for me to counsel you, I will counsel you. Why? Because that pastor, he or she has their own congregation and that's where that person is planted. So for that person to come get counsel for me, that's disrespecting that pastor. The one that God has put them up under. That will make me think, what's up? Why are you over here when you got a pastor over there? So to keep division between me and that pastor, I say send me a letter. If the pastor send you a letter and say it's okay for me to counsel, I have no problem. But otherwise, I will not do it. Now, some people don't do that. If one of y'all went to somebody else's church and wanted counsel, some people would say, come on in, take a seat. I'll help you out. But I don't work like that. I remember it was one um, person who wanted me to counsel them dealing with their marriage. They were already married. And I told them, I said, you need to go to your pastor and you need to let them know what you, you know, want and get permission from that pastor because that's who you up under. So they went to the pastor to get the letter and I get a call from the pastor. Like I was the enemy. I said, hold up, wait a minute. He said, why are they coming to you? I said, you tell me why they're coming to me. He asked me, I asked him. I didn't ask him to come to me. So you tell me why are they coming to me. In the conversation, he said, well, if they want to come get counsel, it's okay for you to counsel. I said, okay. Don't get mad at me. I didn't um, ask for them to come up in here. They came on their own. So this is what I'm saying. I want respect just like I give other people respect. I'm not going to take nobody's sheep and try to, you know, give them this, give them that, give them whatever without checking. And this is why when a person leaves a church out of respect, I would want a letter from that church. Why? I don't want the devil coming up in here. 
Because we deal with too many already, right? So we want to find out, did you leave in peace in that church? What is your reason for leaving that church? Why would you leave the place that you're at? Remember we talked about reasons for leaving the church. Either a person is dead, they're gone, or either they moved out of state. But wherever you are, or you're not getting the teaching that you need to be getting from that church, that's a good reason to say, okay, this is not where I need to be. But there's a problem with that too. If you never come to the church to get taught, you ain't, come on, think about it. So when people come with that kind of stuff, I'm like, okay, um, what is your pastor teaching? When they can't answer me, well, why are you coming here? I had somebody who was a minister. They had their minister license. They sat and said, I want to be part of Miracle Temple. Got all their stuff together and told me, I don't care if, if you don't give me nothing to do. I just want to be taught. I just kind of just shook my head because I knew at that time, Mm-mm. it's not going to work out because you think you already know this person ended up leaving. Why? Because this person felt like they were not being used like they need to be used. So we need to understand the way that God does things and how he do it. And you see with this church in Jerusalem, even Paul and um, Barnabas, when they had um, something going on, what did they do? They went back to those apostles and they said, let's talk to them. I'm pretty sure that Paul and them knew what needed to be done. But because they didn't want to, I guess, be stuck out there, you know, they wanted to check with them so everybody would be on one accord. And that's the way it should be. Everybody in leadership should be on one accord. So that's the church in Jerusalem. You had the apostles, you had the elders, and you had prophets. Let's talk about another church. The church in Antioch. Let's look at Acts 13, verse 1 through verse 3. The church of at Antioch. This is what was going on in that church. So in the church at Antioch, it said there were prophets and teachers. So what they had in Antioch was prophets and teachers. That's all they had. Prophets and teachers. So guess what? When you look at the fivefold, y'all, that fivefold supposed to be taught so well dealing with that foundation of Jesus Christ that if they were needed in a church to do correction, they would know how to do it. It said they only had prophets and teachers. I want to go to verse 2. Now listen at this. They were all worshiping or serving the Lord and fasting, giving up eating for spiritual purposes. So all the people there, the prophets and the teachers, which Paul and Barnabas was there as well, they were worshiping. In the Bible, it said they were ministering, meaning they was worshiping before the Lord. It said, during this time, let me tell you who spoke during this time. The Holy Spirit said to them, he was speaking to all of them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to do a special work for which I have chosen, called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them out. So it was prophets and teachers. As they was ministering and worshiping the Lord, which saw Paul and Barnabas was right in the midst of them, the Holy Spirit began to speak. So as the Holy Spirit began to speak and said, we want to send Paul and Barnabas out and we want to send them out as messengers. They, they were doing 
Paul was an apostle. He was going out and he was um, going to the churches, laying that foundation. They laid hands on them. Who did it? The prophets and the teachers. But who told them to? God, it come through the Holy Spirit. So everything that I do, it should come through the Holy Spirit. Not because I feel like somebody should do it. And I'm going to tell you something. Just like Jesus chose those 12, it was one that was still chosen, but he decided to do what he wanted to do. So if God tell me to put somebody in place, just shut your mouth if they screw up on their own. Okay? Because it's not for you to judge. Uh Uh-huh. I knew they shouldn't have been in that position. I was waiting on them to fall. Some people in church waiting on people to fail. You're running your mouth too much. You speaking ill will on people. You watching them too much instead of going in there and hearing what the word has to say. People want to knock people down. My dad told me this. He says it's like crabs in the bucket. This is just how people are. When the crab is coming out the bucket, the other ones come and pull them back down. That's just what jealous people do. They want to talk about somebody. They want to say what should have, could have happened. God wasn't speaking to you. And that's why he ain't speaking to you because you run your mouth too much. If we would just take time and be quiet and say, God, whatever you choose to do, that's on you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So this is what we need to do. It's not for us to say wrong call. The Bible tells you. So I guess everybody said that Jesus didn't know what he was doing. And he was the son of God when he chose Judas Iscariot, right? I remember um, I was sitting right there on that row. We used to have like um, after parties, after church. Nobody did not want to go home. I ain't understand that thing. People just just staying right here. So I'm sitting on the front row and Brother John, Brother John was a mess, y'all. He was a mess. So when the Holy Ghost um, was after Brother John, he would look in my eyes and say, don't say nothing. Leave me alone. I said, John, I don't have to bother you. So when I waved my hand and we got a picture of proof, John flipped over some chairs and his head hanging on the floor. John said, every time I turn around, it's me. I say, every time you turn around, it's you, because God is trying to do something with you. But we would sit here, and we would talk about the goodness of God and what God is doing. And one day, we were sitting down talking. I don't know, Missy, if you were here. We were sitting down talking, and I looked at him, and I said, one of y'all going to betray me. That was in the conversation. And it happened. Didn't happen right then, but it happened. See, God already let you know, and those were the ones that were in place. See, this is why you got to stay in connection with God, because I may smile at you. I know you. Because God let me know you. Mm-hmm. But that don't mean I don't love you. I just pray for you because I know. See, and this is why I remember it was a time, and, and we still talk about how things are set up in the church. There was a time that people would go to a certain person in the church, always asking them questions and putting them all up here on the pedestal. And they act like I was ignorant. I I really think they thought I was stupid, that I didn't know. They must have thought I don't hear from God. So when I was sitting home one day, the Lord, and I was preparing for service, the Lord said, I want you to do this right here. And I think Athea remember that one. So I called Athea up. Brother John up, and it was somebody else to act out something for me. After everything was done, 
I called him in the office. Thea was in there for a witness because the Lord was showing me stuff. And sometimes when the Lord's showing you stuff, you just go on with the flow, but you, you know, not really thinking about what's going on. So in that office that day, I was sharing something with them concerning two people that was in the congregation. And I was letting them know, I said, be careful because I don't want these two people to feel as if blah, 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 blah. That was a conversation. Later on, I get a, have a meeting with somebody and they told me, they said, I heard you was talking about me. I said, well, Lord, have mercy. What in the world are you talking about? Somebody told me you were talking about me. I said, okay. Well, if I was talking about you, you know, I don't want no art. Let's talk about it right here. Because, you know, if, if I said anything, I'll just tell you what I said. But I don't know what you're talking about. So that person got so upset with me, and they left the church. Long story short, the one who was running their mouth, I called them in the office. The Lord showed them to me, and I said, you were um, talking da-da-da-da-da. No, wasn't me, wasn't me, wasn't me. I said, okay, wasn't you. Then the Lord showed me another one. He was just showing me the dominant, just the effect of that thing. That other one come in there just as sweet and humble and say, well, I told her, I told her, I told her, and because I heard it from this one right here. The three I took in the office out of that three, one told somebody else. That other one told somebody else. And then it got to that one. And it wasn't even what was said. Thea, you know that day, right? And it wasn't what was said, right? Mm-mm. Wasn't what was said. So the next thing that ended up happening, I knew that the person had run their mouth because the Lord told me. But they said they didn't. Later on, the person come back in the office. You know what they had audacity to tell me? Yeah, I told it. Because I felt like they needed to know. Yeah, and I feel like you need to sit down. How about that? (laughs) And people say you're wrong. They were stirring up strife. They were stirring up confusion in the church. And when you get warned over and over again and you don't change, come on, you got to set them down. A little leaven, do what? It runs through the church. And that's what was happening. And what was happening was the three I called in the office. Brother John, rest his soul. (laughs) He was so funny because the Lord was showing me. Nobody was telling me, but the Lord was telling me. He pulled me aside and he said, Pastor, I tell you the truth. The Lord showed you that. (laughs) I said, Brother John, you think he wouldn't? The Lord showed you that because they was catching me in the other building, Pastor. Now he ready to tell everything. They were stopping me in the other. I said, what did you say, John? I ain't say nothing. I said, that's the problem. What am I saying? Everybody want to preach, want to teach. But when people are causing trouble and talking against your pastor and you don't bring correction, you don't need to teach. But God showed me. I was getting thrown under the bus by several people. And God showed me who they were. Getting thrown under the bus. Taking it for several people. Knowing what them people done. But my name was in it. My husband, you know, you know, don't you, honey? It was all on me. But the person did it. I took the fall. Because you know what? I knew I was innocent. So it didn't bother me. What am I telling you? God set up things in the church for a reason. 
And when you want to be put in position, you got to know what the word of God has to say. So this is why when we look at the church in Antioch, they came together, they began to minister, they began to worship, and the Holy Spirit began to speak, and they laid hands on the ones the Holy Spirit told them to lay hands on, and they went out to do what God told them to do. It is not up to us to choose somebody because we like them at that time. Because God can choose the opposite. It ain't about having a friend in the church. There is no friend that sticketh closer to you like a brother than Jesus Christ. So we can't have these friendships to the point we can't tell people truth. If you can't tell people truth, then hey, evidently you don't know it. Everything don't have to be prayed about, y'all. Because if you're in the word long enough, you should be able to open your mouth. If you love your brother and sister, you will be able to tell them what the word has to say. If they take offense, guess what? It's off of you. Right? We're going to get to that one. So we see that the church in Antioch, this is what they told Paul and them to do. Paul and them left Antioch and they went, they were sent forth and established churches in the cities of the Gentiles. When we look at established churches, y'all, what that means is they were going about those churches and they were laying that foundation. But when they go back, they're strengthening those that are in the faith, meaning that they are encouraging those in the work that's being done. So let's look at Acts 14, 21 through 23. Still talking about Antioch. When they had preached the good news, the gospel to that town and made disciples of many of the people, they went back to Lystra. And Esconium, Esconium, and Antioch. Now listen what they were doing. Establishing and strengthening the souls and hearts of the disciples. Urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith. And telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So you see what Paul and them was doing. They were strengthening the church. They were um, encouraging them. And when they had appointed and ordained elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting. They committed them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe, being full of joy, joy, being full of joyful trust that he is the Christ, the Messiah. So we see that they were disciples there. But what Paul and them did through prayer and fasting, they ordained elders. They ordained them in those churches. So we see in Antioch you had the the prophets and the teachers. And then later on, we see Paul dealing with the elders. So the elders were still a part of something. So the reason why I'm showing you all this, Antioch had prophets, teachers, and an elder, right? Some elders. It said elders. So it's according to how big that church is based on the need that's needed in that church. So we give God glory for that. But we see that Paul and them just didn't do this on their own. What did they do? It said with prayer and fasting. With prayer and fasting. So everything that we do, we need to do it according to God and not according to what we feel or what we think. Amen. Now let's talk about the church of Ephesus. Now this is kind of long, but I want to go through this to show you um, what happened in Ephesus. When you go back to Acts 19... You see, this is when the people did not know. They only knew the baptism of John. And when Paul came in, he began to tell them about the baptism of Jesus. And what he did, Paul taught over there for a long time. 
he he had to pull them aside because it was people that were not believing. He didn't want them in the midst of that. So he taught in a school. That's in Acts 19. But in Acts chapter 20, Paul began um, to talk to the elders. And this is verse 17. He called the elders of the church. He go elders again there in Ephesus. When they came to him, he said, you know about my life from the first day I came to Asia. Now, I'm not going to read all this about Paul, but Paul is um, telling those elders about his life. This is the Apostle Paul. And I want to go to verse 25. You can read um, 17 through 24 um, later, but I'm going to go to 25. And now, look, behold, I know that none of you among whom I was preaching, proclaiming the kingdom of God would ever see me face see my face again so today I tell you that if any of you should be lost I'm not responsible I want y'all to hear what Paul is saying Paul's saying if any of you should be lost I am not responsible why would Paul say that because Paul knew he bought the gospel he knew that he bought the gospel of the kingdom the gospel of Jesus Christ he said I have not held back from telling you everything God wants you to know or the whole purpose plan and will of God you see what Paul said Paul said I'm not responsible meaning that I'm innocent clean of the blood of every one of you this is what this means I'm held responsible for making sure that this foundation is laid the way it need to be laid once I give you that foundation in the way that God has given it to me to give to you I'm not held responsible the blood is not on me it's on you because it's not like you were not told. See, we have a lot of people that are up under good ministries where they're getting taught and, you know, they're, they're getting the word of God. But yet they're not living like they need to live according to the way they're getting the word of God. It is not that pastor's fault. It's not the fivefold fault. It's that person who choose to continue to live the way they live in. But y'all know what happens if you in Miracle Temple and you doing your thing. Who they looking at? What's the first thing they're going to say? Tell me, Athea. Tell me, Missy. Because I'm the head. And, and that person acting like the tail. <laughs> so they're going to look. What do people say to you when they see you when you're doing right? What's the first? You must go to Miracle Temple. Why do they single out Miracle Temple? Because somebody tell me that, please. Because the word is coming through it. Okay, how do you feel when they say that to you? Let's be honest. Anybody? Hello, somebody? Make you feel good. How do it make somebody else feel? Let's tell the truth. Good? Some people don't feel quite good. Because some people don't want people to know where they go. How do I know? Because if you're getting something good and you're getting the truth, you want everybody to know it. Some people don't say nothing. Because the less you know about me, the better off you are. And you don't even have to tell them the church. You just start talking. And you start saying what the Lord is saying. What did they ask you when you don't even mention the church? What church are you a part? I figured you were a part. You go to Amanda's church. They identify you by that, don't they? 
So that tells me somebody's watching what I'm teaching to know where you go. If you ain't saying something, somebody's watching it. And they know, oh, I know where you're coming from. So this is what Paul was saying. Paul said, I am not responsible. Look at your neighbor say, I ain't responsible for you once I tell you the truth. Say, if you choose to fall in the ditch, it's on you. Say, but if I know the truth and I don't give you the truth, the blood is on my hands. That's the word. That's the word. How can people, and I, I'm, this is a Selah moment because I got to stop right here. How can people that say I love you and won't tell you the truth? That don't make no sense. How can I tell my husband I love him and I see him doing stuff and just because he's my husband, I let him keep doing it and I don't say nothing when I know the truth. You know why some of us do it when it's in a marriage? I don't want to hear their mouth. Lord, I'm going to pray for them tonight. Send somebody else besides me. Send them, Lord. I've done my part. Send them, Lord. He's sending you. And if they don't want to receive you, guess what? The blood is off your hand. If the Holy Ghost has given you an unction, I don't care how much word that man or woman know. You better speak what God is telling you. To sp- Who are they supposed to be? The Pope? Supposed to be the president? No, you tell them truth. If they don't receive that truth, let them go about their business. Thank you, Jesus. I delivered the message. And don't you become bitter. You become better. Don't get mad. I'm going to use me and my husband because... I remember when my husband was on his job and I know my husband ain't saying in his mind. Now, what is she getting ready to say? Cause we got it like that. Y'all, he know, I'm not going to say nothing that's going to harm him or hurt him. Ain't that right, honey? See that? <laughs> so I remember when he was on his job and God would have me ministering to this man. And I would tell this man what the Lord was saying. I say, honey, God said, you're going to be able to look up that pole and you're going to be able to tell them what's wrong with that pole. God's going to promote you to supervisor. He was like, okay. We had this lady to come in our house and she began to talk to us and she was a prophet. And all of a sudden, she began to tell my husband about the same thing. Oh, he was so happy. Honey, did you hear what she said? Honey, you hear what she said? I was bitter. Now I didn't turn bitter then, but I was mad. I got over that kind of stuff though. But wives, do that make you upset when you're trying to tell your husband something and then somebody else come tell him and they still don't recognize it came from you first? You'll get over it. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know how I get over it even with you guys? Because many things that y'all have been taught in here, when we get guest speakers, some of y'all act just like you ain't heard that not, not one time. You be like, oh, I'm like, Okay, long as they get it, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. If they don't receive it from me, long as they're receiving it for them, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, because it's everything you already had. They may bring it in a different way, but you already had it. And I remember one lady was telling me, she said, it was something that I wanted to give, but I didn't feel like they would be ready for it. I said, you should have bought it because I believe they passed that. (laughs) And she said, Okay. See, some people judge too quick. 
You lay it down. If God tell you to lay it down, lay it down, roll it over, cover it up, do what you got to do. Because God is going to prepare you. And he always gets you prepared ahead of time. According to who you up under. If that person is before God, he's going to give you what you need. So when it come out, y'all going to be like, okay. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Y'all remember several months ago, um, the Lord said it's going to be stuff coming upon this earth and the doctor's not going to be able to cure it. You need to look to God. What's upon this earth? See, God gave it to you ahead of time. He's letting you know. Remember the, the messages he's saying about your atmosphere? How you got to speak into your atmosphere? How you got to change it? Come on, the messages was right out there for you to grab hold to it. So when things came, you can just walk right through it and people be wondering why it's not happening to you. Because God already prepared me for what's yet to come. See, that's what you look for in a shepherd. That's what you look for in a pastor. You got to know that you are up under somebody that can hear God, not only for you, but for themselves. And whatever they hearing God say, you can look for it to happen because God already know, doesn't he? So we want to make sure that we hear what God is saying. So Paul said, I'm not responsible. Paul, I tell you what, he laid it out there. He said, I'm not responsible. Let me read that again. In verse 25, I'm going to read that one again. I know that none of you among whom I was preaching the kingdom of God will ever see me again. So today I tell, testify, witness to you that if any of you should be lost, (laughs) that's what he's saying, I am not responsible. He said, because I have told you. He said, I did not hold back. I told you everything God wants you to know, the whole purpose, plan, will of God. Now, this is what he's warning them. Be careful for, keep watch over yourselves and for all the people, the flock, the Holy Spirit have given you to oversee. These are the elders he's talking to. Do y'all see that word oversee is in there? If you go um, get other Bibles that break it down, it'll break down. Oversee, made you overseers, guardians. You must be like shepherds to the church of God, which he bought or obtained with the death of his own son. And then verse 29, this is what he's warning them to. Who is he talking to in the church? The elders, the overseers, the bishops. And Paul is the apostle, right? He's the one that laid the foundation. He said, I know that after I leave, I love this part, my departure, I'm gone. Some people will come like wild wolves and try to destroy the flock. Also, some from your own group, this is happening right in the church, will rise up and twist the truth and will lead away followers, disciples after them. Do y'all see this happening in the church? People read that that's amongst you. He was giving them everything that was going to happen once he leave. He say, so be careful. Keep watch. Always remember that for three years, day and night, I never stopped warning each of you. And I often cried over you with tears. Now I'm putting you in the care of and trusting you to God in the message, the word about his grace. It is able to give you strength, edify, build you up, and it will give you the blessing God has for all his holy people. So this is what Paul is saying. Paul was giving them warning. He said, you're not going to see my face again because you remember the prophet prophesied to Paul. He said, this is what's going to happen to you over here. Paul was willing. He was ready to die for the gospel, for the good news. But he did not leave that church of Ephesus without letting them know the blood ain't on my hand no more. 
I have given you what God has given me. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have wolves that come in amongst you. You're going to have people that's right there, just like you, that's going to try to take you away. All of this is happening, y'all, in the churches. You got people trying to set up churches on their own, and they're pulling people out of the church they in and say, follow me, I'll make you deacon. I'll make you elder. I'll make you teacher. I'll make you something Apostle Amanda Bryant ain't never made you. Come follow me. And people fall for that because they're looking for title. They want to be behind the pulpit. They want to tell other people what to do and could not even show up for Bible study at church. Now you see them behind the pulpit. Y'all, this is funny. I'm seeing people behind the pulpit that couldn't even pass a test in Clem. <laughs> Seriously. Couldn't pass the test in Clem, but they're preaching now. We need to quit it. So this is how the churches were set up. So do you see the different churches? The, churches in, the church in Jerusalem, the church at Antioch, the church at Ephesus. All of those, they did have elders, didn't they? They had a prophet. Um, I didn't read on the deacons um, in either one of these churches, but churches are set up with deacons. So if the pastor is not there, the deacons can um, carry out what need to be carried out for that pastor. Amen? That's why we have to make disciples. Everybody has to be on one accord because if God say, okay, this is what I want you to do if you have to be out of town. This is who I want you to put to take care of things. What if it was a disciple and it wasn't a pastor? If that's what God say, so be it. Why? Because God know what he's doing, doesn't he? So this is why we want to make sure that everybody's on one accord, getting the same thing. Y'all, it is so important that you get taught the things of God. Because when you go different places, you got that foundation and you're going to know what's out of order. You're going to know what's error and you're going to know what's truth. And that's what God is doing in Clem, showing you how the way that God does things. Not the way I do it, but the way that God does it. And if we stay... In the way that he does things. We won't have all this disputing. All this division. Because we go back to the word. And say this is what the word is saying unto us. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it according to the word. We're not going to go outside of the word. We're not going to go around the word. We're going to do exactly what the word is telling us to do. So the next thing. We see how the church is set up. Right? We're not debating over what all these other churches choose to do we're going to go on what the word of god tell us to do if they choose to have archbishop presiding bishop whatever whoever and i think what they're doing is like that church in jerusalem how they went back to those apostles and they were asking those apostles how they should go about this that or the other they could be setting it up that way to say we're going to go back to this archbishop or the overseer and allow him to tell us how we should do what we should do so all of us to be on one accord if it pops back up. But they were doing it according to the foundation that was laid. So be careful. Do not debate with folk. Just take them back to the scripture and say, um, do you know what Greek is? And if they say no, well, let me show you how to look this word up in Greek. So you will understand that these words are used interchangeably. 
Now, however you decide to use them, where you at, that's you, but I just need to show you. In the conversation, you don't need to fuss about that or debate about that. We just want to make sure that all of us are on one accord and know what the word is saying. So we're going to go a little bit further. The next thing I want to do is let you know what the congregation do. How do a congregation become a part of what God has ordained, what God has appointed? Amen. Then we can be on one accord with that because I remember I had a person tell somebody in the church they had just joined the church and they were used to one thing where they used to go. So they told this person, she don't ever call no meeting in the church. That's just not right. I need to know what's going on in that church. I need to know where this is going and that is going. So when they told me, I said, well, tell her to come to me. And she left the church. Because she wanted to know where every dime was going. And you know what? I would send her to Piggly Wiggly. And send her to Food Line. And say go ask them for every receipt. That you bought milk. You bought meat. You bought canned goods. Ask them where your money went. You ate what you got didn't you? Have anybody ever went back to the store. And asked them where your money went. Why is it like that with the church? I believe y'all see where some money is going. Sometimes it ain't no money there. Then when you get a little extra, you got to catch up with what wasn't there. Y'all know how it work in your home, right? And then you got to believe God when ain't nothing there. Hello, somebody. You got to say, God, I trust you with what we have. God, I thank you that you already know what we're in the need of before we ask. Then I had somebody that was saying, I know how much money come in there, and I ain't getting nothing. Ignorant, gone to see. But this is because people are not being taught, and this is why we need to know God's way of doing things and not man's way of doing it. Amen? That's why the tradition of men make the word of God a none effect. We don't have people that we idolize in the fivefold or in no fold. God is the one that's high and lifted up. And if anybody's trying to be idolized, they forgot about the foundation. It's all about him. That's why we give from the heart. Not because somebody tell you to. It's where your heart is. And if your heart is with the love of God, there's nothing that none of us in this church cannot accomplish or do. Amen. So I pray that these teachings are helping you. Is there anyone that want to say what they have gotten out of it so far? Anybody? Okay. We'll have the deacons to come up and do our offering and we will dismiss. Do we have any um, announcements? Any announcements?